0: Hi, hey, this is Karen and Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage-building content. Today, we are talking about...
1: Don't talk to me like that. That's what, I'm, not okay, I'm not talking to you. Okay,
0: I'm um, not talking to you.
1: We're talking about how not to talk to each other. You know, negative communication comes out of wounds, mm-hmm. out of issues that we have in our lives, And when you understand these things that the teaching is going to be, this is a very, very, very important teaching that everyone can relate to. But negative communication comes from somewhere. It doesn't just, like you said, it doesn't just appear in our mouths. It comes out of our hearts. And many times it comes out of hurts and Mm -hmm. wounds and past issues that haven't been resolved. Mm -hmm. And once those things are resolved, it just naturally changes the way that we talk. So this is what the teaching is going to be about that's coming up here in just a few minutes, let me—first, we're going to have a—we have a couple of questions here from some of our listeners. Let me begin, Karen, with a question for you. Karen, you have said that you were passive-aggressive when you were angry at Jimmy. How can you honor your husband and not internalize anger at the same time?
0: Well, you should never internalize anger, first of all. It's a good question, but that was a—that's why it's called passive-aggressive. You don't want to be that way. Yeah. And I think for people who have a quieter, more shy personality, like I was extremely insecure— you know, we don't know what to do with our emotions right. because we've we've been dominated, you know, or someone has dominated us to the point where we don't feel like we have a voice or we don't know how to use our voice. Right. And so we internalize the feelings that we're having. And then all of a sudden, it's like you can't take take it anymore and you just explode.
1: Well, but the passive-aggressive is—here's what passive-aggressive means. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't—I'm not going to be honest about my anger and deal with it properly— uh, so so I'm angry at you, so I'm either going to do something I know you don't want me to do. That's mm-hmm. aggressive. Or I'm not going to do something I know you want me to do. Mm-hmm. That's passive. Mm-hmm. And so and you did that.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with you. I just—a lot of people don't intentionally want to do that. No, no, no. And so it's not like, oh, that's a formula and I need to not do that. It's something—when you're, you're caught up in the moment of an argument or how your feelings are hurt, you know, it's it's like— that the main thing is figuring out what is this trigger that every time you do a certain thing, it makes me respond in a negative way. Right. And so it kind of comes back to what we've been saying about our hearts. You know, and I had to just realize I wasn't healed from my past. You know, I had to realize that there were still things that you could say that would remind me of my past that just really hurt my feelings or I would hurt your feelings from your past. Right. And um, so I think it's, too, along with what we're saying is, you've you know— Go to the Lord and have him start showing you things. Have the Holy Spirit start showing you things about yourself that maybe you're not even aware of. Yeah. You know, because I know what helped me get healed was I would read the scriptures of, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, OK, the an anger thing is probably not good. And the being patient and kind, you know, because I was very impatient. And um, so anyway, that's.
1: Well, I think that um, that's exactly right. I was not. Uh, sensitive to you, and I did did not let you complain, allowing your spouse the right to complain vents a lot of anger, and when you don't feel as though that you can share with your spouse without paying a price, it causes anger to build up, and, mm-hmm. and you really need to go to counseling. If you've got that much anger in your marriage, you need someone to help you, co- coach you through uh, speaking. I think you have a question for me, Karen. I do.
0: My wife and I are so different. I understand she doesn't have the same needs as me, but she's disappointed in me so much. I don't want to try anymore.
1: Well, we're all different, and if you think you're going to marry someone the same as you, you're you're going to have a harsh, a rude awakening. The the key in marriage is accepting each other's differences and mm-hmm. meeting needs that you don't have. Women need security, but men need honor. Women need soft, non sexual affection. Men need sex. Women need uh, the uh, communication, mm-hmm. open and honest communication. Men need to be friends with their wives. We're just completely different. And see, the problem that happened, this happened with us, Karen. The problem that happens is we're attracted physically, we get married, and then we realize how different we are, and we began to accuse each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a battle, uh, is, is the old saying that, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, Point in marriage is to become one, and the question is which one. Mm-hmm. Well, the man's trying to make his wife conform to his needs; the woman's trying to make her husband conform to her needs, and neither one of them is respecting the other. And this mm-hmm. is what we did. Mm-hmm. And you have to get to a point that you realize women need security, they need uh, open and honest communication, they need affection, and they need leadership—not mm-hmm. to be dominated, but to be, to be you—to be the loving leader. Men need honor. They need sex. They need to be friends with their wives. They need domestic support. Those are our basic needs. But there are many other differences that we have beyond that. You have to respect each other and go into each other's worlds on a regular basis and meet a need that you don't have. Let me tell you, one of the reasons, Karen, that God made us that way is to keep us from being a bunch of selfish slops. <laughs> you know, with without the... We, you can't, marriage is brutal on selfish people mm-hmm. selfish people should live by themselves in a tent in the desert or something but when you're married to a, a selfish person they just don't care mm-hmm. you know they don't care if you get your needs met or not so marriage literally kills the spirit of selfishness and, it, and we flourish with a sense of selflessness mm-hmm. and a servant spirit. Well, we hope that that's been helpful to you. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do that. Leave us a review. We love hearing from you. Now we're going to go to the teaching on Don't Talk to Me Like That.
0: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
1: Words are so important that Jesus said that by our words we'll be justified and by our words we'll be condemned. But every good marriage is the product of many good words. And every bad marriage is the result of bad words or no more, no words. You have to speak a lot of good words to create a good marriage. But you fell in love because you said good things to each other. You always do. And so you, you're careful, you're patient, uh, and you speak very premeditatedly to bring a right result. And when we secure the relationship and life happens, many times we get into some bad habits and things like that. But the words that we speak create our home. You know, God created the world with his words, and we create our world with our words. We really do. The atmosphere of our home is created by the words that we speak or don't speak. And so when you find a loving home with a good, intimate marriage, you're just looking at a home where there's a lot of loving words that are spoken. Healthy communication, positive communication. But when you come into an angry environment or dysfunctional environment, you have certain things that are, that are present. And I want to talk about the five main roots of bad communication in marriage. Now, we're going to talk about roots and fruits. We're going to talk about the root issue, but then because this root exists, how it manifests itself within our our marriage so that we can be healed, so that we can change certain things and have functional communication. The number one root of negative communication in marriage is inequities and negative role models, okay? Now, we learn from our parents, you know, when little children are growing up, the recorder is going, you wish it weren't, okay? But the recorder is going. Parents are the most profound influence on children, period. Children are profoundly influenced by their parents. But when you're going through conflict, children are learning to go through conflict. When you're dealing with each other's differences or dealing with other people, they're they're listening to what you're saying. And we have a tendency to do what our parents did, even if you don't like it. My dad was a finger snapper. And when he got mad at us, you know, he called us little man, little man. My brothers and I call each other little man. His little man. I hated that. And when my dad snapped his fingers at me, I thought, you know, I hate getting, you know, a finger snapped at me. When our children were born, when Julie, our daughter, she was the firstborn and she did something one day and I went, hey, it just went off. I mean, I, did, I, didn't, you know, I didn't think about it. I didn't try to make it happen. It just, and I thought, what? You know, what are you doing here? And so here's the answer for iniquities and bad role models. When you, when you look into your past, maybe your recent past or your distant past, and you realize you have the, that iniquity, you recognize it. Another way to say this is, if I have a bad way of talking, where did this come from? How did I develop this? Did my father do this? Did my mother do this? Did my friends do this? Have I seen this in the movies? Where did, where did I get this? And I've got to admit it and call it what it is. It's wrong. It's wrong. You know, hatefulness is wrong. Meanness is wrong. Sarcasm is wrong. Silence is wrong. Punishing my spouse with silence. We're just not talking. Those things are wrong. And the second thing is, forgive the person that did it to you. If it's your mom and dad whatever, you forgive that person. But see, it's like this. How does something bent become straight? And I'll answer the question. By submitting it to Jesus. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. Okay. The day that Karen and I almost split up, I woke up that morning and I read John 16 and Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. I told Karen, Karen stood up to me that night, told me she didn't want me to play golf, began to complain to me. She was righteous about it, but she was standing up to me. I told her to get out of the house. I went in the living room and I sat down and I said this, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband. And everything I teach men today is what the Holy Spirit taught me. He can teach you anything. And when you, you don't, I don't know how to talk. I didn't know how to talk. I was a terrible, terrible communicator. Holy Spirit teach me how, how to talk. And Here's what happens. See, Jesus isn't bent. Jesus is straight. When children are raised according to the word of God, they grow up straight. They grow up righteous. It's only sin that bends us, whether it's societal sin or family sin. And so we bring, that, we bring that to the Lord and say, I submit this to you. All the pain, all the hurt that comes with it, I forgive. But I pray that you would heal me and cause me to be straight. And what happens is, again, Karen and I want to be the end of all iniquities in our families. We don't want to carry any trash and give it to our children and grandchildren. We want to be the disposal that gets rid of it by the blood of Jesus. Another root of dysfunctional communication is unforgiveness and unhealed hurts. And there's the old saying that hurt, hurt people hurt people. And it really is true, that when you're hurting, a lot of times you have the highest incidence of hurting other people. Now let me, let me say this, there, there are people that I have known in my life that I, I pray that I'm never around again. Because they have the most damaging mouths of anyone I've ever been around and I know every time I'm around them, I'm gonna get damaged. I'm gonna get slimed. Anybody anybody know somebody like that? You know when they walk up, you're gonna get slimed. In every case, they were wounded as a child. And, And they don't hide it, they wear it. They wear it like a badge. Somebody hurt me, somebody was mean to me, my daddy, my stepdaddy, my mama, my friend, whatever, I got hurt, and it's almost like an entitlement that they hurt other people, okay? But because they're hurting, and here's some of the fruits. The root is unforgiveness. I've been damaged. I'm 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 venting because of damage been done to me. Public venting is a fruit of this, and that is I love to get into public and to let this thing out. Okay, it's not a private thing. It's a public thing, and even related to my spouse. Now, some of you may have relatives. That maybe are friends, and you get together, and their spouse trashes the other spouse in public. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. This is a person that likes a platform. They like a stage, and they're hurting. There's there's unforgiveness. See, unforgiveness is like a teapot. It's going to whistle. It, it's the the what the pressure that's building up through my anger has got to find a way out. Okay whether it's self-harm or harming somebody else or whatever I say. And so what this is, is this is a venting of this unforgiveness and of this, this you know, thing that's going on inside of me. And here is the, here's the standard. We always honor each other in public. And again, this goes back to maybe your mom does this to your dad or your dad this this to your mom or your friends do this or whatever. If I've got something to say to Karen, I'm gonna say it to her in private but I'm not going to wait till we get in a public place to begin to trash her or anybody else. Another, another fruit now of this root is passive-aggressive behavior. Now, here's what passive-aggressive behavior is. You know, Again, when we have a problem with someone, we walk up to that person and say, hey, love you, I need to talk, there's something bothering me. That's the functional way to deal with it. Passive-aggressive behavior means two things. I'm not going to do something for you I know you want me to do and I'm gonna do something I know you don't want me to do. Okay, so I, I know that you have certain needs that you want to have met, I'm not gonna meet them. I am passively being aggressive with you. I'm not being aggressive with you in the sense that I'm coming up and saying, you're, you know, you're, you're ugly and your mom addresses you funny. You know, that's, that's aggressive, that's frontal. I'm coming to you and I'm saying, you know, to you, Something I know you don't want me to say. I'm gonna do something I don't know. I know you don't want me to eat chips in bed, so I'm gonna bring them all to bed. And I'm not gonna say a word about it because I just know it annoys you, you know. I'm not gonna do something I know you want me to do. I'm gonna do something I know you don't want me to do, and what I'm trying to do is get back at you. And again, it's dysfunctional. It's not honest, it's not the right way to behave. And again, it's something that you may have been trained into. Most damage with her mouth, the most abusive with her mouth, it goes back to a wound from their past okay? that they won't forgive. Well, what's the answer? Forgiveness. You, you have to go back. You, you have to understand, regardless of who hurt you, the person you're married to is going to get the worst of it. Okay. Uh, it may be a person dead that wounded you, but you're going to hurt your, hurt people hurt people. And so I go back and you say, how do I forgive? Let me tell you how to forgive. First of all, you release that person from your judgment. See, we're not qualified to judge. God says, vengeance is mine I will repay, says the Lord. He's, God is the only person who has the qualifications to judge another person. When, when you have hate, some people have been so badly abused, sexually, physically, verbally, they've been so unbelievably abused that it explains how messed up they are. We had a guy in our church, one of the weirdest guys I've ever met, and I just kept thinking, this guy is so weird. And one day I was talking to him and I just thought, why, are he, why is he so weird? And he he was smiling one day. I was talking to him. He, was, he had this weird smile on his face, and I thought he, he is the weirdest human I've ever met in my life. And so we're we're sitting there talking, and he'd smile. He was smiling at me. He said, "Pastor Jimmy, I know that, I know you know I have a problem with authority." And I said, "Yeah." He was like, "Most rebellious human I've ever met in my life." And he said, uh, "I had eleven stepfathers." I said, what? He said, I 11 stepfathers, Pastor Jimmy. And I was abused by several of them very badly. He said, I struggle with trust. We were friends from that moment forward. And an instant before that, I thought, you're the weirdest guy I've ever known. The next instant, I thought, it's amazing how normal he is based on what he's been through. It's Friday. It's Friday. See, what I found out a long time ago, I'm just not qualified to judge other people. Amen. And so I've got to give that to the Lord and bless them and bless them. The blessing, I release the judgment to God. And there's several sayings I love. Forgiveness doesn't make them right, it just makes me free. And until we let our past die, God won't let our future live. And I, I like that. And when we go back into our past, all of us have been hurt. But we have to come to a place that we stop letting that anger reside within us and hurt other people through us. Maybe our spouse hurt us, maybe it's an ex-spouse hurt us, whatever. The fruits of that though are all kinds of bad stuff. So we have to get that out. Another root is insecurity. And our security should be in God. We're all, every person's insecure, I believe. I, I don't think anyone, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't deal with some level of insecurity. When we got married, Karen and I were both insecure, but Karen was outwardly insecure and the fruits of that are, first of all, lack of affection and giving. I, couldn't, uh, I could not be verbally affectionate with Karen when we first met, physically either for that matter. And it was, it was mistraining, number one. But the other thing, it was just insecurity on my part. I have a friend, and the way, here's, here's the way he talks to his wife. If he says to his wife, pass the ketchup, I would say, hey, Karen, would you pass the ketchup? Here's what, here's what my friend would say. You most gorgeous human on the planet love of my life, would you please pass me the ketchup? And when I hear him, I'm just thinking, why can't I do that? But he's more secure, that's why. I mean, insecurity causes you to be overly sensitive. It causes you to be dishonest. Not dishonest as in telling lies, but dishonest as in not telling the truth. Because I'm insecure, I'm afraid of what you're gonna do if I tell the truth. Uh, fear, motivation, all that type of thing. The answer is putting your security in God. We're all insecure without God. In fact, if you're secure without God, you're deceived. You shouldn't be secure. My security is in God. Pursuing God and making my security in Him, rather my security being in you. The Lord changes everything when we have an active daily relationship with Him. We take our fears and hurts and insecurity to Him and we become secure in God. That's the answer for that. And number four, root is ignorance, is just being ignorant, ignorant of your spouse, ignorant of how to you know, resolve conflict and things like that, which causes frustration and stress. Karen used to say things to me. I didn't understand women. I was completely ignorant concerning women. And I didn't understand Karen's need for security. And I didn't understand that she was a normal woman. And Karen used to say things to me. And here's what I would say. That's crazy, Karen she's crazy and i would get so frustrated with her because i was just ignorant of the opposite sex i was ignorant of her needs and out of my ignorance i would just say things that were so insensitive and so so wrong i was in you know one of a woman's most important needs is the need for uh, security and so i didn't know that i just thought she ought to be just like me and because she wasn't she was weird but I also had a counseling situation where there was a man in there. This is a young man, maybe about 40 years old. And this, this man and woman were in for counseling and um, they had had a lot of fights, a lot of real severe fights and, uh, because she wouldn't give him sex. And um, so they were in, in my office and we were talking and she, she turned and he said, honey, I need sex. I mean, I'm, I'm being pure, I'm being faithful to you, but I need sex. I don't understand why you won't give it to me. And she looked at him and said, it's because I don't wanna have sex with you. I just don't want it. There was no marital problem. There was not a need in, in her that he was not meeting. He was a very attentive husband. But her her response not understanding is one of the most profound needs in a man's life. And meeting each other's needs, we need to understand we almost never have the same need at the same time. If you have the same needs at the same time, you just need to take a picture of it and worship it the rest of your life. <laughs> okay. Is just, you know, is a good marriage is two servants in love a good marriage is honey what do you need doesn't matter if I need it doesn't matter if I understand it honey what do you need I'll I'll meet your needs but when we're ignorant of the opposite sex and see what happens is is a lot of times you know there's the old saying that marriage is about becoming one the question is which one is we get married and there's just vie for who, who's going to win and who, whose house it's going to be and which personality it's going to you know, be. It's both. Marriage is a win-win situation. We both get our needs met. But when you're ignorant of the opposite sex and you're ignorant of how God made marriage, it'll cause you to say and do things that are very harmful. And this, this uh, woman, for an example, she's a good woman. She wasn't a bad woman. She didn't mean to hurt her husband. She thought there was something wrong with him. Because he wanted more sex than she did. She was ignorant of the fact that she married a normal man. And his sexual needs kept drawing him back to her. It's, it's a magnet that God put in men that keeps drawing them back to their wives. God gave men the need for sex and women the gift of sex. It's a wonderful thing. So we need to understand each other and meet each other's needs. And here's the last one. is pride. It's, and this is kind of the original sin of marriage, but pride and some of the fruits of pride or blame transfer, not taking responsibility for uh, my problems, dominance. And another one is being unteachable. Teachability always precedes success. Having a teachable spirit, always, what, whatever you're teachable in, is what you're gonna be successful at because you're humble. You show me a wealthy person who's been wealthy for very long and I'll show you someone who has financial advisors all around them. You show me someone who is chronically successful in marriage, I'll show you someone who reads and listens and pursues information. But you show me someone who is chronically unsuccessful in anything, and I'll show you someone with pride and an unteachable spirit. And even in the midst of their failure, they think they know more than others. And humility and teachability always precede success. And so what we have to realize is when we're full of pride, that it comes out in all the ways that we just talk about being dominant, being disrespectful, you know, inability to take correction, admit we're wrong and things like that. I, and I wanna close this, this message just simply by saying, the words of my, our mouths are nuclear. This is the way I started, they're nuclear. The, the words that we speak in our marriages are absolutely crucial. And I am the gatekeeper of my mouth. But my mouth, Jesus said, called our hearts a tree, okay? And he called our words the fruit of the tree, okay? He said, a good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit. We have to understand when bad things are coming out of our mouth, that means something's wrong with our hearts. And only I can change that, and I need to change that. Bad words will never bring a good result. And good words will never bring a bad result. Whenever we're speaking, you know, the truth to each other and doing it correctly, it'll, it'll bring the right result in our marriage. And all of us have some level of dysfunction, especially when we first get married. The key is understanding the power of words and taking responsibility for our own behavior, submitting ourselves to the Lord and making sure that when, some, when I say something that is wrong, that I take responsibility for it. That I deal with the root issue, whether it's bitterness, whether it's an iniquity, whether it's whatever it is, pride, I take, deal with the root issue of it. And in doing that, it'll make sure that my mouth becomes a place of health and life for my spouse and not a place of pain. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out xomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.